listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Units, code 503, stolen vehicle, 89 Volkswagen Rabbit, white. Come here! Go, 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 go! Grab their guns! Do it now! Kick them over to me. I said kick them over to me, Pele. My name is Jack, and you are... Natalie. Millionaire Dalton Voss's daughter is being held hostage by this man. You down to Mexico much? No, boy! Because that's where we're headed. This is Chief Boyle. Get after that BMW! Domino's Pizza! You hurt my little girl, Hammer? I swear to God, I'll kill you myself! Why me? I go in for some cigarettes, and I wind up kidnapping the daughter of Dalton Voss. What are the odds? Whoa! Did you see that? That medical school truck is spilling out cadavers! Now that's disgusting. So you're gonna tell me why you're on the run? I was convicted of a crime I did not commit. Time to stop those little yuppie punks, Dale! Time to be heroes! Mr. Tonight, there's terror on the freeway. Really scared them. Can we, can you see the look on their faces? Hey, hey, look at that. You're a folk here already. This is ridiculous. This is Frank Smuts! I don't believe this. Miss Smuts! It's easy for us reporting this story to forget there's a very scared little girl inside that car. Do you have a girlfriend? No, I don't have a girlfriend. What kind of nut is this? You haven't been with a woman in a couple years? Things can get really messy now. So it's conceivable that you'd never be with a woman ever again, right? Right. What the hell is he swerving all over for? What are you doing? Falling in love with you. It's hard to tell just how far he's going to go with this, Bill. The chase. Getting there is twice the fun. <laughs> and now... Hey, Rocky! Watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat! Again? Nothing up my sleeve. Presto! <laughs> no doubt about it. I gotta get another hat. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. This is Brian Redman, retired racing driver, nine times road racing champion, still racing at 76, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. 
listeners, welcome. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google Tan Talk 1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you missed any of our 560 some odd shows, you can go to Nostalgic Radio and Cars.com. That's our archive page, and that's where all our shows are. That's where they're hiding, waiting for you to uncover them, unhide them. Good evening, Tommy. How you doing? Good evening, Robert. I'm doing very fine. How are you? Pretty good. Hey, what's the new kid in the block name over there? What's his name? Uh, Avery. Avery? Avery? Well, you know, they made a cartoon character, Tex Avery. Remember him? He so, does not. He does not. Okay, we're just going to have to look that up because you know how we are in but this he show. he was in the new kids on the block. Oh, he was new kid. Okay, there you go. Uh, and the back Bay City Rollers and all those other... Anyway, okay, so, uh, yeah, we got a great show for you tonight. We are going to continue with uh, talking about Porsches tonight. Actually, we might do a trifecta. We might do some more Porsche stuff next week. Uh, at the beginning of the year, I said, well, we're going to do some Ford stuff, and then we might do some Chevrolet stuff, which you haven't got to yet. Might do some racing stuff, whatever comes in between, and we're on a Porsche kick right now. And that all started because I happened to read an article somewhere on F-Book um, about this guy. Or actually, it wasn't F-Book. It was uh, Bring a Trailer about a guy that stumbled into a bunch of Porsche stuff. Now, if you guys know me, you know, I'm a, an old junkyard guy, so, you know, I run across a lot of weird stuff, and I've been doing it for years, and picking and scrounging and digging and rooting around in junkyards and everywhere I can, somebody's backyard or somebody's attic somewhere. At an attic near you. Um, and, uh, well, this guy uh, does this with Porsches. And his uh, he was on a show last week. It's Don Ahern, and he's the Porsche treasure hunter. And this evening we have a uh, another Porsche person coming on shortly. And uh, we'll be talking more and more about Porsches, but a, a different perspective of it. But at any rate, so uh, he discovered uh, the rare and unique Part that was out of the James Dean Porsche 550 Spider Little Bastard. That was the name of it. And that name was given to him by Dean Jeffries, the famous car customer out of California, because they were buddies, and he was painting the car for him. Anyway, and uh, so the Little Bastard, when he got crashed, no pun intended, um, the transaxle, well, the car was sold to the insurance company, and the piece went here and the piece went there, and the car supposedly went on tour by the National Highway and Safety, whatever it is that, you know, basically put something put a really bad wreck on display so people discourages kids from going out there speeding didn't work in my case because i did a lot of speeding a lot of street racing if i could do it today i'd still do it speaking of which big shout out to a couple friends of mine besides the flacarshows.com uh shout out to my buddy down there at glenn's mgs uh, if you got mg parts british car parts glenn's mgs is in st pete 727-521-9890 also, my buddies over there, Tri-City Bolt and Screw, 727-546-4411. The Rib Shack, which I didn't get to this week, uh, 727-501-9090. Uh, big shout-out to the British Car Club up there at Nature Coast, because I uh, had a little meeting with those guys. They do a little breakfast uh, every so often, and uh, we kind of hung out, looked at some British cars, talked to some British cars. And then my good friend over there that keeps my, keeps my soul straightened out. Uh, heals my soul, I should say, is uh, my buddy over there at Midway Largo Shoe Repair, 727-581-2166. Now, the reason I brought up Glenn's MGs is because I dug out Miss Moneypenny the other day, which is our little MGB GT. Uh, I finally got her fired up, had to switch batteries in it because the battery was dead. It's been parked for six months. And I rolled out of the garage, and I went down the street. And let me tell you something, guys. When you have, haven't had, had a car on the road in a long time, first thing you do is do like a... Uh, pre-flight check, you know, kind of like you do on an airplane. That means make sure it runs okay, make sure the lights work, horns work. Most importantly, make sure the brakes work. 
Well, guess what? I didn't check the brakes. So as I'm diddy-bopping around in these little little winding round roads up there, I came out of the side road, and I was coming up to a, a stop sign, and I went for the brakes. Problem was the pedal went to the floor. There was no brakes. Now, that's not the first time that's happened to me, but it has when I was crossing a major road like 41. And two cars went flying by, and I go, oh, boy, we're in trouble now. So obviously I downshifted, you know, second, third, first, and I was just lucky there was no cars coming. I hung a right and went around the corner and just kind of like coasted back down the street and back in the driveway. Then I went and checked and discovered I had zero, not a drop of brake fluid in my master cylinder, neither the front reservoir nor the second reservoir. So I put some fluid in there, had Bobby step on the brakes, and uh, fluid was squirting out of this little, little, I don't know, some little little gadget, some little uh, little doohickey thingy there off the brake portion of the valve. And I said, hmm, it's a, basically like a sending unit kind of like thing, or not really sending one, but just a little thing that plugs into it, and it's basically like a, it triggers a warning light, lets you know whether your brake pressure is equal front and rear. It's not a little thing on British cars. Probably all cars have it, but this particular car has it. Anyway, uh, so I thought that was kind of weird. Apparently what happens is inside the brake, the, the, the cylinder, there's a couple seals and they go bad, and then, you know, fluid leaks. Not a good thing. Um, so I went to Glenn's, told him what I had, and he says, well, you know, you can buy this little doohickey, and uh, chances are that's not going to cure the problem because the seals are bad. So you have to take the brake portion valve apart, rebuild it. And I didn't feel like doing that. He says, ah, but there's a cheap fix. Cheap fix. Cheap, 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 cheap fix. You know, cheap being my middle name. No, 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 no. I'm not cheap. I'm thrifty. Thrifty, thrifty. Let me say that. So anyway, he says, here, take this bolt, and you cut it down to the same thread uh, size or dimensions or thickness or width or, you know, area, if you will, um, to what this little sending unit thingy was and put a little brass, or not a brass, but a, a copper washer on there and should be good to go. Well, that remains to be seen. We'll see how that works out for me. Um, I got the bolt. Then I went over to, uh, probably went over to my buddies over there. So big shout out and thanks to Glenn, not Glenn's MGs. Then I went to Largo or Tri-City Bolt and Screw. Just to be on the safe side, because I've had battery problems too, I went and bought myself some stainless steel bolts for my little battery clamps because the battery clamps were corroded. And I thought, well, I don't like that. You know, that's not good. So we'll try some stainless steel and see how that works out. So shout out to the guys over at Tri-City for that reason. Rib Shack, well, I didn't get there, but they got some great ribs. Right, Tommy? You like the rib stuff. Yes, I attest. <laughs> okay. And we need to hustle uh, Avery over there so he can check out the Rib Shack too someday. Um, Bridge Car Club, Niche Coast, that's it. Okay, so what did I do this weekend? Nothing. I just tinkered and tried to kill myself. So, um, But I'm here to tell you that I, I made it through the weekend, and I didn't bust anything up. I worked on my lawnmower, threw the belt about 10 times, and then I parked that, too, because I got to figure out what's wrong with that. So, you know, the worst thing in the world is to have things just sit, because when they sit, just stuff goes bad. I can't explain it, but it goes bad, I guess. You know, Although I've had some cars laying around for years and years and years and years, and Throw a battery in, it, battery in it, squirt some gas in it, boom, fired right up. Maybe they didn't idle all that great, but, you know, they kind of fired right up. Speak of firing right up, why don't you go ahead and fire something up on that turntable, and uh, let's just see if we can uh, get ready for our guest here. And, oh, hey, this is a good song. It's Live and Die in L.A. I think it was a movie. This came out in the 80s. This kind of is the same period as the movie The Chase with Charlie Sheen and and whatever that chick's name was in that movie and uh, and, uh, and that uh, mid-90s or 80s uh, Bimmer or whatever. Maybe it was late 80s. I'm not sure. Yeah, late 80s, 90s, something like that. Anyway, hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cards with Touch We'll be right back. Well, I have to ease my life. 
Come enjoy the best brews in Tampa Bay at Dunedin Brewery. Known as Florida's oldest microbrewery, they are always working to create a unique variety of craft beers for every taste. In addition, Dunedin Brewery features a full menu, including everything from their famous wings, burgers, salads, flatbreads, and more. Don't forget about their live music, including the Wednesday Night Players Jam. That's Dunedin Brewery, 937 Douglas Avenue in downtown Dunedin. Visit them online at dunedinbrewery.com. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Oh, yeah, let's go ahead and give a big, Tommy, you ready for this? A big shout-out to our most prolific listener, Radio Rob, because he had a birthday over the weekend. So he's probably home, lounging in his slippers, watching us live on uh, the interweb, and probably got us tuned into WTAN right here in downtown Clearwater. What do you think of that, Tommy? Yeah, Tommy goes, yeah, yeah. I, I spoke with Rob. He had a great weekend, he told me. Well, good. That's good. That's good. Anyway. All you got right. any my pillows? <laughs> no. I, <laughs> I, need to, I need to hit Bill up for that, you know, for a couple of my pillows here. So we haven't done that in a while. But anyway. Well, that was the second part of Rob's answer. Oh, that was. Okay, 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 okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Anyway. Uh, prizes. You got any prizes? We got prizes. <laughs> Uh, what else we got going on? Okay, so we got a whole bunch of stuff coming in. You know, at the end of uh, um, July is going to be an interesting month because out in Sonoma, California, this is cool. This is actually one thing I'd love to be able to do that. I'm not sure if I can or not. The end of July is the National Shelby Convention in Sonoma, California, which is where I'm from, Northern Cal. And then the week after that, the second week in August, okay, so the first week, July, August, first weekend, is the Shelby Meet, um, SAC 46, Shelby American, Automobile American Club. And then the week after that is Bonneville Speed Week, and the week after that is Monterey Collector Car Week. So if I, because I won't fly uh, anymore, I don't think so. Well, I'll fly in a car, I mean, you know, as fast as I can go. That would be kind of cool. You know, they did the cannonball from sea to shining sea. Now, I know Alan's going to call me up and correct me on that, but it's the sea to shining sea, whatever, something or other, whatever it was. Or, you know, cannonball thing. Everybody did it. Burt Reynolds did a movie. Uh, a couple other guys did a movie. And, uh, of course, Gumball Rally was my all-time favorite uh, cannonball movie. But anyway, of course, it was a Cobra and a Ferrari. A couple Porsches in there, but, you know, um, most notably the, the Cobra and the, and the Ferrari Daytona went at it. Um, but anyway, so those are the big events coming up over the summer. And then if you're in Detroit, they got the Woodward Dream Cruise. Uh, M1 Concourse has got a big event coming up. Um, car shows are every weekend now, which is cool, you know. So we're all good there, and we're driving around here and driving around there. And so the most important thing is, is get in your car and drive. Don't uh, be pushing them around in your garage like I do because you got dead batteries and faulty master cylinders and Break proportioning valves and all that good stuff. On that note, I think, Tommy, you're going to go ahead and fire up 
the stereo. And let's play some real classic rock and roll here. There we go. We got uh, The Doors, man. L.A. Woman. Hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And in a few minutes, we will have a L.A. Woman on the show for you to listen to. So you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We'll be right back. Ted Barrick, crossing the line into no man's land. Don't you think we're pushing our luck? No such thing. No limits. This ain't exactly repo work. This ain't exactly work, period. No boundaries. What about this one? Not too shabby, huh? I only steal portions. There's a local outfit stealing portions. My money's on the owner, Ted Barrick. Why me? Because you don't act like a cop. Good turn, Bill. Welcome to no man's land. Take a look around, Bill. America's finest to play. I guess what's important here is that you're having a good time. So good, so good, cause I got you! I want Barrett. Concentrate on Barrett. Rich boys like you turn my stomach. I don't even know who you are. I never even knew your name. 
I need you to watch my back. I can't do this anymore. I feel dirty. Nowhere to turn. These guys ever give up? I do this for a living. No place to hide. Ted. He's a cop. Tell me something I don't know. Coming full speed from Orion Pictures. Showtime, folks. No Man's Land. This is Hurley Haywood. I've won five times at Daytona, three times at Le Mans, and two times at Seabrook. And you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. This L.A. woman uh, is the owner of L.A. Dismantlers, which is a Porsche salvage yard. And uh, she's also uh, considered the Porsche parts queen. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Sarah DeCarmen. I think I said it right this time, didn't I, Sarah? <laughs> you did. I, did you practice? <laughs> I practiced. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> With all the unusual names out there, some, some people have a knack for even figuring out, like, you know, where the heritage is. Oh, no, I don't have that. <laughs> I'm lucky if I, if I get the first name right. That's funny. You did great. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I practiced. I really did. <laughs> all, <laughs> all the way to Tampa and back, I said, the car man, the car man, the car man. And then I went, the car man, the car man, the car man. So then I, I you know, it's, that was my thing. But anyway, so welcome to the show. It's been a while. And um, give us a little quick background on yourself. Tell us how you kind of got into the Porsche wrecking yard business. So it started off uh, actually when I was 10. My father got a Porsche and we lived uh, in a little suburban town. So my heritage starts out with German heritage, but then Midwest, then New York, and then mostly California. So okay. We were in a little suburban town out in Los Angeles and he got a Porsche and it was like pretty much the only one in the whole town. So that was a, a pretty special thing. And at the time it was a 924, which was not exactly like, you know, the rich man's Porsche necessarily, but... I didn't know because it had a beautiful crest on it. And I joke about how um, I was the car washer for the family. And so the car previous to that had this slanted hatchback, which was so challenging to wash the window. So I was so excited for this big plate glass. <laughs> what was the first car? I'm sorry? What was the first car that you hated washing? The first car. It was a, oh my gosh, I'm trying, I can see it. It's um. Holy crap, it was a Datsun, and I can't think of the na- the the model of it. Like, oh, you mean like a 210 or something like that? 510, 210, like 240? Okay, cool. My dad had a, he had an MG before that, and he had a whole bunch of cars. He was a mild aficionado, not like when I let, met my late husband, which was when I was 20. Okay. And then that changed everything. So he, I met him, um, he was a, a kind of a blind date setup. My car had broken into, and I needed a part. So he met me at the corner of a gas station in a convertible Porsche Turbo, and I'm like, Whoa. who is this guy? <laughs> yeah, at 20. Yeah, he had been a, a Porsche, uh, not even just an enthusiast, as I said, aficionado, you know, his whole life. Had his first one, a chocolate brown, at age 16, and I had been tickering on them and kind of pulling him apart little by little ever since then. So he had had a family business um, doing Honda and Acura parts, and then Porsche was a side hobby. So as we kind of continued to date and the the relationship in the family got a little, you know, as families go in family businesses, <laughs> um, I said, hey, let's do our own thing. And so we opened up a Porsche. 
So the name L.A. Dismantlers Porsche, I mean, how did the name originate? Originally, we were Los Angeles Porsche Dismantler. Okay. And Porsche... Oh, yes. You can't use our name unless you write us a big fat check. Pretty much, yeah. We were featured in a National Geographic special called Porsche in Pieces, and the show was called Break It Down. And uh, that's when we got the attention of Porsche, and they said, yep, we're going to take away your website. We're going to take away the acronym we called of the phone number, which is Porsche, and in the name, and quite a lot of other things, so... Yeah, roll on. I gotcha. Well, you know, we have a guy, we had a shop here in, in town, and it was uh, Ibel Porsche Repair Service for the longest time. I mean, forever. And then, like, 20 years into it, he gets this letter from the same thing, you know, the copyright letter from, mm-hmm. from Porsche. And they said, hey, so now it's just Ibel Performance. But Frank was a pretty cool guy. He used to hang out in California, did a lot of stuff with all the racing cars back in the 70s and 60s and stuff. So, But uh, he's got tweaks on my, my 911s every once in a while, or my 356 okay. or something. So. Well, now, are you kind of like uh, a wrench then, too? So when you and your husband started this business, did you actually get in there and get your little hands dirty and start taking little portions apart? If you call hands dirty touching parts and climbing up the racks, yes. A okay. wrencher I will never claim to be. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, a dismantler then. See, that's what they call we, we have to say dismantlers. We're politically correct. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So how is the business these days? I mean, you've been at it now for what? You said 20-some-odd years? 25 years, you said? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a loose start when you open your own business. It mm-hmm. was like there was an exact date. So I'm 48 now, or I will be 48 in a couple months, and I started in our, in our mid-20s, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Oh. So kind of officially, we'll say like 23-ish years, but it kind of was, you know, a soft opening okay. before that. So. How is the Porsche business? I mean, as far as, you know, the, the market right now, I mean, I would think, you know, and I cannot explain it. There's no explanation here for this whole thing. But with this COVID nonsense, um, since then, the classic car market is just like exponentially exploded. And 911s, I mean, air-cooled 911s kind of dipped a little bit, 2018, 2019. And now suddenly air-cooled 911s, which is kind of what I'm into, the 78, 89 cars, have just boom, ramped up and exploded. I mean, they went from the low 20s, now they're back up to 40 and 50. It is thriving. It is the auto industry is thriving at exponential levels, like you said. Whether it's the used side or the new side, the air cooled market is definitely not. It doesn't even end at the at the uh, in the eighties, mm-hmm. all the way up to the late nineties. So the nine sixty four and the nine nine three series are thriving just as well, and all the air cooled. But even all the water cooled. I mean, it's it's hard to find good, you know. I'll call it pre-owned Porsches at a, at a decent price right now. So when you source your parts cars, are you sourcing them from, you know, private individuals, shops, Copart, IAA? I mean, where do you get the bulk of your cars? We mostly deal from auctions, so usually IAA and Copart. Mm-hmm. And then we also have private parties that come to us for a variety of reasons. Maybe they didn't have insurance and they had an accident. Like, for example, I have a 2020 992. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the son took it without the mother's permission and wasn't insured on it and uh, ruined the car. Uh, oh. Other things like maybe a fire damage or engine repairs that are more than the car is worth sometimes. You know, projects that people have taken on that, that they realize that they're in over their heads or just don't have time for. Now, do you get a lot of project cars? Because that's kind of like my thing. I like uh, cars that just need a little tweaking here and there. 
we get a whole variety. The project cars go pretty quickly. You know, the straighter the body, the faster they're going to go. Mm-hmm. The more work that they're going to need. The sun is the longer that people hesitate to work on, you know, that intensive project. Some people like a big challenge mm-hmm. over the board. So what's the, the back to the market, so what's the hottest selling parts car, project car right at the moment for you? The hottest. Uh, I mean, air-cooled, as you talked about, are definitely always in demand. Mm-hmm. You know, Singer is our next-door neighbor and client. Oh, they are? So, yeah. Singer is, is, you know, definitely taking a, a, well, I joke and I call it a hit on the 954 market because they, they've just amped up prices. Yeah. And then Gutworks <laughs> is another client and they are doing the same kind of concept. I mean, that's obviously a different platform, but it's in the 903 series. So, you know, they want to grab up all the good body repairable, you know, nicely four, nine, and three, you know, cars to do that. I mean, and, and outlaws all over the board really are, are just kind of hot tickets right now. Everyone wants to kind of put their twist, you know, on, on their concept of, of the newer, updated, you know, version of that, of the model that they love. Hmm. How far do you go to acquire cars? I mean, what makes economic sense? I mean, how far, how many states over from California do you go to, to, to retrieve salvage and parts cars? We buy from all over the country. We've even bought as far as, as Canada. Um, oh, wow. Not as often. It's not as easy to get them. But mm-hmm. yeah, getting from the other side of the country is not a problem right now because of the gas prices and the, the I'm going to assume it's still from the, the pipeline spillover, and there's a huge bridge that's under construction. Transport is practically doubled trying to get something from the East Coast right now. So oh, wow. That's well, an unfortunate part. I know diesel went up because uh, I run diesel in one of my trucks. Uh, it went up ten cents the other night, and I thought, dang! You know, the night before I filled up, it was two ninety nine point nine. So let's just call three bucks. And the next day, I went in there to fill up my other diesel, and it was three dollars and ten cents. And I thought, well, okay, here we go. But uh, so I can imagine that's affecting transportation costs and shipping costs as well. So you weren't the ones when that pipeline thing happened, getting the plastic bags and filling them up. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> and, and buckets and containers and all kinds of weird stories of yeah. Oh, 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 oh. All right. So the uh, retro. So you got uh, um, Singer around the corner from you. How about Magnus Walker? Does he stumble in there every once in a while and uh, pillage your place? Yeah, he's a he's a good friend of mine. Um, he's in downtown Los Angeles, not far away. I go to his place every now and then. I see him out at shows. Um, he just did, he's got a, a series going right now. Uh, I think it's called the Next Big Thing, and he was looking for an early boxer, actually a first gen boxer. And so I connected him with a girlfriend of mine because I run a group called Porsche Women Global. So she got this great feature on his show with her uh, first gen boxer, which was pretty exciting. Now tell us a little bit about that um, the uh, um, Women's Porsche Group a little bit. Go ahead and elaborate on it because. You know, people always think, well, you know, Porsches is a guy car, you know, but there's a lot of ladies, a lot of women that really, truly are enthusiasts, particularly uh, over Porsches, yourself included, obviously. Yeah, don't underestimate the feminists behind the wheel is what I would say. <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't. I. So go ahead and tell there us about are... the group, and there's there's spinoffs to that, too, in there? Yeah, so, um, you know, I mean, I've, I've been in the car culture for a long time, and um, I'm a connector and a networker, I call myself. So I'm on a lot of social media platforms, like pretty much all of them. And I love to draw people in and make groups and connect them and get them to share their stories. And 
It started out, we were featured, uh, there's a few women, we were featured in a magazine called Automobile Magazine, and it talked about, you know, women and their love of Porsches, and so there was several of us that were in it, and then we had had a lunch to say thank you to the author of the article, who's another woman who actually was in the junkyard industry prior to that, and it just kind of sparked an idea, and so it was connecting these women in a in, in not only just a, a thank you for the article, but then we started to share stories. We had this lunch and it ended up being like a three hour ordeal and it was just a very bonding experience. People shared pretty intense stories for not really knowing other people in this group for very long. So it was just it was a kind of a magical day and I decided to kind of essentially expand on that idea and because we decided in our group we were to keep that our core and we weren't going to add people to that. But then I created a new one. And then I, I just started finding women all over the internet who love Porsches. You know, you find handles or hashtags. Um, and so we literally have people from Croatia to Malaysia to, uh, you know, all, obviously all over Europe and the United States. And then within that, I started creating tons of spinoff groups. So I've got just women's groups, and then I've got co-ed groups as well. And then within the women's or co-ed, I've got racers groups. So they can talk about racing, and then I've got uh, service tech groups, and then I've got drive groups specific to areas. So it just kind of like grew to be this this spider web of connectivity, I call it. So there's global groups where they can talk to people around the world, and then there's local groups that we all get together and, you know, go on drives and go to events. And, and I tell everybody, it has nothing to do with me. I'm not the center of anything. It's for them to all get to know each other so that when they go to an event, they now have more friends. Do you... Um like, for example, at the Porsche Parade, which, uh, you know, forgive me for not looking it up, but that's usually in July, isn't it, the Porsche Parade? Yes, it's coming up. From and Lake Indiana, I'll be out there. It's in, it's in Indianapolis this year, isn't it? it French Lake, Indiana. Oh, French Lake, Indiana. Okay, French Lake. Yeah, French a couple Lake. hours from Indianapolis. Okay. Ooh, how cold is going to be in Indianapolis? So when you go to, like, the, the Porsche Parade, which is the biggest uh, Porsche convention um well, you know what? I'm not so sure about that. You know, the Works Reunion has grown, and I don't know. Do you think that's a distractor from the uh, from the Porsche Parade? I think they're very different events. Yeah. Uh, the Porsche Parade is a week-long set of, of I'll call it a festivity, you know, of many different events all together. Everyone stays in the hotel or, or nearby locations. Mm-hmm. Versus the two Works Reunions, Amelia and Monterey, that's more of a single singular day event where and they can have thousands of Porsches. So, and that's unlimited as far as I understand. I don't know. There might have a, there might be a max of registration. Um, but the, the parade has maximums of how many people they can take. There's also something called a Trethen, which happens every year. So they just had one in Scottsdale. And these events sell out almost instantaneously. Like if you don't sign up very quickly, you don't get a spot. Do you, um, when you go to these seminars, you get the girls together, the groups, and then do you have like uh, your own little sub gatherings within the 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 main function, the main event that's taking place? I do, yes. So when I went to Works Reunion, you know, I have I create these chat groups of people that are going to be at an event, mm-hmm. and then I'll have a, a time where we're going to meet up. So this last time we had, I met up with um, this woman named Cindy Sisson who runs something called GS Events, which is another female-centric event. And she has a featured speaker. Actually, she's on right now. <laughs> I'm missing her. Oh, okay. Her live. Um, 
Yeah, so she's, she's got another collection of, of amazing women that are not just Porsche-specific, but all across the automobile industry. And, you know, whether they work in it or just love to, you know, love it or play in it or whatever or admire it. Um, so we met up with, with her and had a, a fun get, gathering. Then I had another one with some of my Porsche women. And then in Los Angeles, I have uh, women's events specifically. So since this is my hometown, you know, we had a tea not long ago, and we've had Porsches and horses where we went oh, wow. drive in the canyons, and then we went horseback riding. Um, we've done some philanthropy, philanthropy where we've had drives, and then we had a beach event, and um, there's been there's been so many different things that we've done. What? Uh, let's talk about Porsches for a second for women. What Porsches appeal to women? Anything, any car in particular, or is it uh, depends on um, obviously demographics and, and finances and resources. But I mean, what generally appeals to them? A 911, a Boxster, uh, a, a, a Cayman, uh, a, a Taycan, a Cayenne, a Macan. I mean, what do what do most women like? So I'd say that that's a broader question. So you've okay. got the entire female Porsche market, but then you've also got the ones that actually want to connect to other Porsche women because they have a passion for the brand. Okay. So there's a, there's a very big difference, just the same with men. Some men might buy a Porsche just to drive to work, but they don't want to go and drive, you know, with the community on the weekends. So there's different sets of people. Okay. So I would say, you know, and again, I haven't done the statistics on this. In the broader scale, the SUV market, I think, has, has really picked up for women. You know, there's probably a lot of Macan and Cayenne drivers. Mm-hmm. They're also a lot of times a secondary vehicle for a Porsche family, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. In my group, very heavy 911. Very oh, okay. heavy Boxster, uh, GT4s, uh, Caymans. But then all the way down to, we've got women that have um, maybe 356 either as a secondary or primary. Um, not, I wouldn't say a daily necessarily. There's 912. I mean, it really is, it's all over the market. Um 924, 944, kind of a little sprinkling of everything. But really, in, in our very connected group, I would say it's mostly kind of, mostly 911 prevalent, I would say. I mean, we've got, I've got racers in there. Uh, Martina Kwan, for example. I've got Jeannie, who's in the automotive industry, who writes for Excellence Magazine. She's had the last couple uh, covers of their magazine. Um, so some very impactful women. And then there's, there's Porsche Techs in there, too. Let me ask you this. Another question, and I have to ask this because I'm, uh, I'm a stick guy, so I'm I really don't like I'm not fond of automatics other than in a truck because you get t- stuck in traffic. But uh, I'm a stick person, so I like shifting and I like three pedals. Any preference with women? I mean, what I mean the the and and where I'm going with this is that do the older generation, the more traditional female Porsche enthusiasts versus the modern day female Porsche enthusiast in terms of preference, whether it's an automatic or a manual shift car? Um, I don't know that I can have, I don't a, I get an analysis of all of the women I'm connected to, to know mm-hmm. whether they all drive manuals or, I mean, I definitely know that some, like several off the top of my head, we've had intense discussions about it. Um, I think it also depends on what you're going to do with it. So okay. For the track girls, they're definitely going to want a manual. Okay. So the the daily drivers that are driving them to work may or may not, if they're living in Los Angeles and they're driving it downtown, for example, although not during COVID, because they won't really <laughs> <get around. laughs> 
I miss COVID non-traffic. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I, I mean, when you talk about a new market, so when you're customizing your own car that you're going to build, you definitely have an easier preference of getting a manual versus a non. When you get into the used sector, price points can change that. The manuals are going to command a higher price. So it's really, you know, a, a difference of who is willing to search longer for what exactly they want. Um, I know because I, I, we have we have a whole group that discusses, you know, cars for sale and cars that people are looking for. And some people lose patience and like, I can't find a manual and what do we want? So I'm, I'll take a PDK or, a, you know, whatever the, the, Tiptronic. that series is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I don't know that there's that there's a one size fits all kind of scenario. I, I like both, honestly. Okay. What do you drive every day? I've got a variety. <laughs> That's the problem with us in the business. We can't have just one car. We have to have one for every day. So go ahead. Let us know what you have. <laughs> <laughs> my my car history is long, vast, and wide, and I could never even count the number of cars that I've had. I mean, my, my late husband was an exotic lover and collector, so we had every GT and RS and even a cup car, and we had a Carrera GT. Oh, wow. I chose not to want to maintain all those cars. We had a, a bunch of exotics, we had Ferraris and McLarens and Lamborghinis and everything else. I was a Bentley girl, so I always had a, a luxury car. Um, but I have no in, interest in, in maintaining a fleet by myself. <laughs> so now I've got um, almost everything I have is in service. My Cayenne is in service. I bought it with a bad engine, so I'm getting an engine rebuilt. My Speedball, which is uh, his original custom-built car, which is a 964 with a 93 Turbo S engine in it, that is almost done getting ready because it had a lot of oil collection at pools in those 964 series. Mm-hmm. Then uh, I've got a 997, which is kind of more of a daily, and that took an a engine dump in the canyon because huh. I like to play. <laughs> um, and then I, I'm dating a dealer, so I get the, the advantage of being able to take out new cars all the time. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Well, you know, I, I always talk about this on my show. The the bad thing about being, when you're in this industry, okay, salvage yard guy, and, of course, um, I was in, pretty much heavy in the vintage stuff. I would get a car, and I would say, I'm going to do this, and then something else would come across the front door, and I'd go, oh, that's kind of cool. We might store in that for a while, then another one and another one. And I never finished the first one, but I got 20 behind it, <laughs> and they're all broken, but it's no big deal because I have a junkyard. i got plenty of parts. So here it is, you know, 30 years later, and I'm going, wow, now I don't have the junkyard anymore. And I don't have the parts to fix the cars, but I still have the cars. So now what do we do? So that presents a problem. So I get I get the logistical aspect of it, you know, because what happens is there's this temptation to own everything because it's there and it's affordable and it's a bargain sometimes. And, and you know, you just walk back in the parts bin and, and fix it. So I get that. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this, another question. Okay, women in projects. I mean, do, do you find that there are a fair amount of women that like um, having project Porsches? You know, I mean, like they, they would say, well, you know what, I don't really want to buy. And this leads into design, okay? And and I was going to do this segment probably over the summertime time. I wanted to get into women and designing cars and uh, and how women put their flair on it because they have to create a car that kind of appeals to the feminine market, you know, the ladies, the lady market, the mom market, the, the female market, so to speak, you know, to, to kind of encompass everything. So give us your thoughts on that a little bit. So in terms of people that I know that work on cars, I mean, there's definitely a few technicians, as I said, and a, a, a few uh, tinkers. One I can think of that 
is really gets her hands dirty. Mm-hmm. Most of them, I don't know that they really are kind of venturing into that. Um, you know, women, as, as just as well as men, have typically multiple roles. So you're playing mother and you're playing, you know, a business person, owner, or whatever employee it is. Um, so they don't always necessarily have the time to tinker on projects. But then if you get into kind of honing into this, this female market, so I found an article posted somewhere about how one of the Porsche executives had said something to the effect of they were making the rose gold Taycan as kind of a women's car. And so I posted, and I just said, stop. You know, that's how I, I like to have openers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there was a lot of thoughts back. And I can tell you the women I'm connected to did not want to be pinpointed into a pink Porsche. Not that they didn't like the color, not that they didn't like the car, but they said, don't, don't pigeonhole us into something. You know, again, these are these are very um, typically uh, uh, women that have, have accomplished a lot and have very opinionated, you know, discussions about things. <laughs> Maybe even some alphas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, you know, there, there's such a there's such a wide audience audience of needs. You know, again, we we talked about earlier, like what do women typically drive? So, if you've got a growing family, you're going to need an SUV. If you've got if you're a single person, you know, you're having a two-seater, even a GT is, is great for you. I can't. I got four kids. So. <laughs> you need a Cayenne. I have, my I have to think, how many kids can I fit in this car? <laughs> <laughs> Do women, uh, okay, that's interesting you mentioned that because, and we got a little bit, a few minutes left here. They don't like to get stereotyped, like you said, a pink Porsche. But, I mean, are there certain colors that appeal to women you know, like the always guys like a black sports car or a red sports car. I like neither, quite frankly. I like blues and greens and other colors, you know, because I think it gives the car more character. But with women, how do they? What are they, what are some of the preferences in terms of colors and the way they like to, you know, outfit their cars, so to speak? I think a lot of women definitely like to do some customization. I'm the use of so there's a woman named Tatiana Weiss mm-hmm. who is a drag racer as well as a Porsche lover. She's got a GT4. So she's got race uh, insignia on her car, and she's definitely personalized. She's got gold rims matching her gold insignia. Um, Martina had a martini. Um, I'm going to say, look, what's the the word for the uh, logo? Yeah, not logo. There's another word for the the like. There's there's the golf, and then there's the martini color. Oh, edition, edition. Edition is that what you're looking for? Edition, but the but I'll just call it the insignia. Okay, insignia. Okay. That race mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say, you know, there's such an easy way to do things like wrapping cars nowadays. That's ah, an easy yes. way to give a very individualized, individualized personality to your car. But then it's funny. So there's a gentleman um, who has a pink Porsche. And his, his hashtag is like E340Brow or something to that effect. Very masculine man drives a pink Porsche, you know, and it's, it's a, like a cotton candy pink. Don't no. tell don't tell anybody, but I have a pink blanket. Okay, so we won't uh, we won't go there. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I like pink too. Another woman I know, her Instagram handle is something Skittles, and she has one of every color in her garage. They're not all Porsches, but she's got I think a, a like a lime green uh, Lamborghini hidden in there. Um, the the color is is, is very much a, I guess a, a determination of kind of maybe you're individually showing through, uh-huh. you know, whether you want to be a, a bright flaming color coming down the road or whether you kind of want to, you know, 
uh, like somebody has a chalk gray, which is kind of like the new white. So I'm trying to think of all the colors. I mean, I, we have every color of the rainbow covered in our women's group. Would would you say would it be fair to say that women want to be kind of a little a uh, low low key low profile in their Porsche um, ownership, um, or are they pretty proud? It depends on the woman. Okay. Yeah, I think it does. I mean, there's there's another girl in my group who was the tech that I told you that really gets her hands dirty. Her Instagram handle is is twenty four seven introvert. Okay. <laughs> so maybe her car her car is not screaming, but her skill set screams for itself if someone's listening. Wow. Well, Sarah, we are just about up against the clock, and I want to thank you for hanging out with us here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I think it's great that you really go out there and, and, and network with these women and get these women in, in, you know enthusiastic about uh, the Porsche automobile, which obviously is one of the greatest marks out there. Um, if people want to find out more about you and uh, L.A. Dismantlers, how do they go about doing it? Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me on the show. It was it was a very much a pleasure to meet you and talk to you. And we've met in person a few times, so that was a blessing that I jumped on that golf cart with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so if they wanted to find me, as I said, I'm, I'm on almost every social media platform. Uh, my main handles are typically at LA Dismantler. There's no S. Uh-huh. Um, my name is Sarah DeCarmen. I usually have it as Sarah Porsche DeCarmen, so I'm easy to find. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, you can either go to my website, which is ladismantler.com, or find me on any social media handle. And I usually answer all my own messages. So, you know, I get a little overwhelmed with them sometimes, but <laughs> I try to be very personal that way. No, 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 that's great. What's the next major event you'll be at? Uh, Porsche Parade. The Porsche Parade. Up. And huh? then I can't think of the time order. Then Lufka Colt in Indianapolis, and then Monterey Pebble Beach, uh, California Festival Speed. I have to skip Goodwood because that overlaps with uh, Lufka Cult this year. So, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to have to do that. We're going to have to have you on again here probably in the near future, and you can kind of bring us up to speed. And, yeah, Lufka Cult, I've never been to that, but I've been to DRT in Miami. That's a lot of fun down there. Yeah. And I know you've been to that. Yeah. All right, Sarah. Well, I'm going to let you go. And, and uh, again, I want to thank you very much for coming on uh, Nostalgic Radio and Cars and uh, look forward to seeing you some of the... Well, I'm going to probably be at Monterey, so I'll probably see you at the Works Reunion. Okay. All right. Well, it's a date then. It's a date. <laughs> all right. Well, you take care, all right? You too, Robert. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Okay. Bye-bye. I want to thank my special guest, Sarah DeCarmen with L.A. Dismantlers, Porsche Automotive Salvage Yard. It's interesting. Chicks dig cars, man. You know? Right, Tommy? Anyway, hey, if you want to find out more about us, don't forget to check us out here every Tuesday night on the Tantalk Radio Network between 7 and 8 p.m. on the... Yeah, what's this? Tantalk Radio Network. And uh, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. I think we're on Instagram. I guess Twitter and all that other good stuff. Don't forget to tell your friends to check us out. Don't forget if you miss any of our past shows, NostalgicRadioCars.com. That's our... Whatchamacallit? Get out and drive your cars. A lot of car shows are out there. Buy yourself a car. Just get something that puts a smile on your face. That's all that matters. Meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, love your family.
WTAN, Clearwater. FM 106.1. WDCF, Dade City. FM 102.3. WZHR, Zephyr Hills. FM 104.3. Listen. This is the Tantalk Radio Network.